Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. You would think that after 18 years of addressing the issues, we'd have them all fixed. But apparently they continue to multiply. It is an across the pond version. That means that Andrew Henderson is checked in. No Judge Henderson today. Jay Truett from Puerto Rico. Hey, before we get to Andrew, Jay, you yes, and I sir. might want to get want to get a word in edgewise. Um, guess what I'm doing next week on April 1st? No fooling. Obviously, oh, there's a tie to your old stomping grounds. I'll give you a clue. Headed Headed to the show me state? I am going to be presenting at the Lincoln Day Dinner in Marshall, hey. Missouri. Thanks hey, to Dr. Hey, Tom Blumhart. Absolutely. So, hang on. Andrew's apparently getting a getting call, so we can't hear from him. Start over, Andrew. Right. He sounds like he's Texas, he's Puerto Rico, Washington. Where, where else is he from? <laughs> uh, Mississippi. Wherever, wherever they would accept me and not charge me any more taxes. That's where I claim. Oh, uh, yeah. you're a tax dodger. There I, you go. I've lived in, lived in, I've lived in thirty-six places in the world. A, ta- a tax dodger really? and a, a tax dodger and a and a uh, what's it, what's the right word and a, and a lobbyist. Nice CV. Let's just call. <laughs> I prefer international man of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. International man of mystery. Oh, I've heard hey. it all now. I really uh, have. Before I, I let go of... You don't look like James no. Bond, uh, Jay Truett. You look more like the little guy with the, the, with the hat on that chops people's but, heads off. What was his name? You know the one that they uh, used to throw things at people? I don't know yeah. where either one of you are. The Chinese guy. In no, you don't look like the Chinese guy. No, no I'm not going to accuse you of that. <laughs> you know what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what's... This- I don't want people to be beating your door down because you're of Asian descent. What hogwash? Yeah, you know, because that because that's so dangerous, isn't it? Really? Yeah. You really, numbers in the stats. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the only people that have, are, if there is any increase in Asian hate crimes, it is certainly not coming from white Caucasians. What, well, what would no somebody Jake just happened to be the board of the board of admissions at Harvard University uh, have abused as many Asians as anybody in uh, in the United States. They turned them away for a decade because they were too smart. Mm. So somebody so, give me somewhat of an insight on why there is even a possible theory that there would be hate crimes towards Asians right now, other than just to create a division. Well, there, there is no possible reason, is there, Jay? Nah, I mean, you know, people have. I, I listened to so one of the one of the people that just like addressed this spot on, right, right off the very beginning was uh, Mike Huckabee, uh, Governor Mike Huckabee, and he does a great job in like one paragraph. But for the people that haven't read his little summaries that come out, go search for that and find it because he goes, listen. Um, nobody went on a Spanish rampage killing after the Spanish flu. Uh, nobody um, went to um, a Lockerbie and thought they needed to do bombings, right? 
uh, people didn't. Um, yeah, we got it. Follow that path, and in any any uh, particular case, this virus came from China. Next, next. Yeah, exactly. Proper name is that people, and if if the liberal media believe that, and 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 people that are just looking for for some kind of a fire to ignite. Uh, believe that um, that was hey, that was Jay. Did you see that? As you said that, people are looking for a fire to ignite, and then somebody put down David Chaddock, but because Gavin Newsom said so, <laughs> right as you said, people put I ready to put a fire on. But there you go. I you know I mean seriously, it's uh, um, even white supremacists are a little more sophisticated, and I think Huckabee's uh, comment was that if you have two brain cells. Um, you can connect. You can connect the the, the those things to the proper place. Uh, the uh, trying to blame this is just another means of trying to bl- blame Trump for something, right? And at some point, um, there is just it just becomes silliness, right? And I think we're past that point. We've been past it maybe for for a while. But, okay, but yeah. the bigger point here is that even if China created it, I'm <clears throat> I'm not falling prey to this. If they created it intentionally, they released it intentionally. Five billion Chinese did not do that. It was like two or three people funded by Bill Gates. So why would anybody theoretically say, "Let's go take it out on the Chinese"? That this yeah. holds no water whatsoever. That I love. No, that I was the shortest court case I've ever seen. That. <laughs> that was the, that, that was that was just the shortest court case I've ever seen in my life. It was one sentence <laughs> long. Did you see that? No. Three oh, guys and Bill Gates. That's it. <laughs> right. It's over. Job done. Yeah. But there's yeah. four guys in Bill Gates, by the way. But anyway, um, so at the end of the day, right? <laughs> Just but, for clarity. But you you hit the nail on the head. The other thing is that I've been to China. I think you've been to China. And I know that they are the most wonderful people, by and large, just like most people are all Absolutely. over the world. And that's Absolutely. the thing. that, that it's The liberals try to say, oh, you're, you're anti-Chinese or you're... I mean, you know, black people, white people, Asian people, all people, right. the majority of them are really great people, period. It's the people who try to divide us that are the problem. And everybody's yeah. beginning to realize that. One of the things that America's doing for, for all of us at the moment is highlighting that, actually. You're, doing, you're actually doing something I never thought you would do. And, I, and I'm going to, you know, again, I've been wrong a lot in this uh, debate. But I have to admit this, the way that the Democrats are imploding and the way that they're running your country is actually, it's almost, it's almost like therapy for the rest of the world, watching the absolute craziness that's coming out of your country at the moment. You know, and they're proud of it so far, right? I don't (laughs) think so. They can't be honestly proud of it. I mean, when you look at what's happening at the border, Jay, my God. I mean, it's it, – well, I, I learned that it's costing $6 million a day in, in uh, just in fines for the contractors that haven't got work to do now to finish the wall. You've then got – you've got the ridiculous situation when the people that were protecting the politicians around Washington, D.C. are made to sleep in car parks at minus three degrees in the night – and you're now housing uh, immigrants probably from anywhere in the world that may well be part of uh, 
of uh, drug cartels, etc., in hotels, and you're <laughs> you you're letting people go that have got COVID into your society, and then you've got another idiot that's telling you all to wear 15 masks, and they think your general public are going to swallow all this. Nobody's yeah. swallowing it anymore. It's just. I- I, I do think I so I I think there's a lot of truth in that right and I do hope that it actually helps at, at some point that, that the the best thing to do is to bring all this stuff to light right you begin to um, yeah you, you begin to you begin to look at an issue and I, I and so I mean not to like instantly turn it into a policy political kind of a conversation but um, the the best way. To, but it is what you do, and well, you do it well. Way, so, yes, go. I mean, it is what I do, right? Um, everything is about politics. Right? Yeah, but he's got to be but, careful, Trent. He's got to be careful because he doesn't want to upset some of these people that might want to help him what he, to achieve what he wants. So he's got to be very careful. Yeah. Go ahead, Jake. No, but it literally, it literally is the case where, uh, so you look at, like, whether it's carbon credits that were, uh, I know we'll end up talking about at some point this morning, Um taxes, um, even regulations, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The very best thing that you can do to, to all those kinds of discussions is shed lots of light on them. Mm-hmm. Because if, you, if they get just a little bit of light, well, then you can carefully control the narrative, you know, and you can begin to kind of carefully talk about it. And, and you can say, oh, well, we're doing this for, for this one reason. But if you shed lots of light on it, what you quickly realize is that um, there's a lot of pain involved in this. And, oh, wait, it may actually impact me, too. Right. Uh, All of a sudden, everyone in the United States realizes they're rich by um, by one factor or another inside of a tax increase. And so because they're getting punished. And um, and so, yeah, light. And uh, while our media is doing a horrible job, we've talked about this before. Uh, our mainstream media has done an awful job. We do have a couple of startups that are doing a much better job of covering uh, our capital than what our mainstream media uh, has. And um, thank goodness for Sky News in Australia, right? For <laughs> yeah, like no kidding. Job yeah. All right, Jay, I'm not cutting up because you said Australia had something good. I'm cutting up because the clock says we have to conclude our first segment. The stand at Paxton County continues to run on Netflix, continue to get rave reviews about that, despite what Judge Henderson says about my hay business. The stand at Paxton County on Netflix. More roll route after this. Welcome back to Roll Route, Trent Loose. Jay Truett checking in from Puerto Rico, just because he can. And Andrew Henderson from the, the UK. Uh, first of all, I guess I screwed up. Jay, I just let Frank Rash know I'm going to be in Saline County. That's far too close ah. to Norborn, yeah. Missouri. Uh, secondly, <laughs> secondly um, it's kind of sad. Actually, that we look to Sky News from Australia and RT News, Russia Today from Russia, to get facts about what's happening in the USA. Yeah, right. I mean, you know this, right? I uh, For just a couple of years in my life, I was a, a broadcaster, and I do have a – that's one of my degrees is in communications. And I, um, I'm just appalled by it. You know, it's what I thought I would do in life. Um, it, it 
was going to be my career choice, but it, and turns out it really wasn't. They didn't like me either. But um, uh, <laughs> now, just who know. does? <laughs> well, maybe they didn't. I don't know. Ask Frank. He had to listen to me every day. Um, but uh, you know, the truth is that we we just uh, we we've, we've lost the mainstream, and so it's done. It's over. It's cooked. That goose is 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 not only is it cooked, it's out. And did I you think- not see? Did you see the the figures for the last five weeks on CNN? Did you see what yeah. happened? Forty three percent down. Yeah, and, and they reckon. Do you know what the real reason for that is? Because they've got nothing to talk about anymore. Because Trump's out the way. I mean, yeah. uh, that that I think that's that says it all. And um, right. I I, I, think that, that, I I don't know what that says. Whether that says something uh, good or bad about. Um, the way the ratings work, or I, or does it does it actually say something bad about Americans that when uh, when we can no longer hear bad news about people that we know that we're supposed to hate um, because somebody told us to um, that when we can't hear that anymore we don't want to hear any news at all. Um, very profound, very profound. I, I I'd like to know the answer to that myself, but it is saying yeah. something about it is saying something about um, how fickle your media can be to the public, which actually does give me quite a lot of confidence in the future, to be fair. Yeah, I agree. To your, to your earlier point, though, to your earlier point, though, it's, I mean, I think it's great that you've got some entities like, uh, like uh, Epic Times and others that are now um, literally putting hardcore journalists on issues and assigning them to them. That number one, number two and three, I think in that list is that um, some of the blogs that are out there just trying to uh, uh, make a go of it uh, are operating more like newsrooms than um, um, than what the major news news broadcast entities are, right? And uh, I mean, by hiring, they're hiring their own out in the field, on the ground, re- investigative journalists, and uh, over time. Uh, over time, I think it's it turns out to be a positive. Some of them do a really crappy job. Some of them, uh, but but some of them do a really good job. Have you uh, are you familiar with uh, this uh, project Veritas? Because they seem to be sure. really hitting the nail on the head, don't they? They they seem to have yeah. um, their fingers in all the pies, in the right pies to to uh, show these people up for who they really are. And I, uh, you know, yeah. they're doing a great job, aren't they? Yeah, they have done a great job to date, and uh, I hope they continue, right? And, I mean, sadly, one of those one of the things that we're going to have to figure out in, in the United States, um, we took it for granted all these years that uh, all of that got done uh, on somebody else's dime, and it was fine, right? We were willing to watch a, uh, a commercial about uh, hair shampoo or whatever, you know, to, uh, to, to pay for the cost of it at one point. And um, and now maybe we're going to have to go back to subscription services and and really pay for some of that information. And and, and when that becomes the case, um, people need to really be careful, you know, and look for look for don't look for information that just suits your suits you. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, that's one of the big dangers in all of this is that we begin to just look for information that makes you feel good. Um, look for for information that that stands for time, right? And if you go back through, if you go back through the last four years of CNN website, 
you will find it flat out does not stand the test of time. Not Sadly, neither does the New York Times nor the Washington Post. At least the Post is a little bit better about admitting that they were wrong. They just won't tell you the correct version still. And this is, you know, um, I, I, but we are where we are. And again, Sky News. I want to uh, just walk through a project that now several years ago I took part in. And I don't remember why I was selected or how I got involved, but it was a, a, a high, a big tech. I was probably contributing to one sided news coming forward and didn't think about it at the time, but it was a big tech initiative out of San Francisco. And I was selected as one of like 10 people who they ask you what your political preferences were and you filled out this survey questionnaire, you return it. And then for a two week period of time, you all, I only had access to social media, which at that time, by the way, was primarily Facebook. Um, I only had access to the exact opposite information of what I filled out on the questionnaire. And so they wanted to get the perceptions of, of how you felt and what you experienced after two weeks of no access to the type of information that I typically would seek. It was pretty interesting because you, you pretty quickly believe that if you're only going in and seeing one side of the equation all of the time, first of all, my first reaction was just ridiculous. And then you over a period of two weeks, you just become accustomed to what you expect to come from them without yeah. being able to go look at the other side. It was an interesting project. I, I don't know whether you guys are following the comments, but Ed is, um, uh, is making the, point and everybody else is commenting on it and i think we should as well is how do we start over well um i, I have a view on this ed listening to what trent has just said about political views etc i actually believe that, that it's almost like america is getting an anemone that's how i see this mm -hmm. that and uh, and it's cleansing itself and i actually do have a feeling that it isn't going to be i know somebody else has said that when does the war start and all that i I'm not sure there will be a war of any description because uh, yeah, I, think I think it's, it's more of a war of words. And, and what's going to happen is I, I do think that it's like a, somebody with a really bad uh, um, toothache at the back of their mouth. I think the tooth is coming out and it's coming out a lot quicker than people would have expected. I think it's going to come out really quickly. <laughs> and I think um, we're, we're beginning to see some real home truths that are staring us all in the face, like um, your border control was fantastic during the the, the so-called hated orange man's rule. And also, he was fiscally, i.e. looking after your money very well. Now it's being spent. And, you know, Jay, I've looked at the figures now, and um, and I know that you've looked at the figures, and both of us will, will probably disagree on exactly but what i can say is that i've now worked out that in the uk we've borrowed twelve thousand pounds or sixteen thousand dollars per person to uh prevent if you like economic meltdown during the covid crisis and of that money that our government has borrowed virtually all of it has come back to the people in the form of what we call furlough so what i'm saying is you're not going to like this but People in this country, if they had a job in a in a pub or in a, in a restaurant or in a hotel, 80% of their wages have been paid since the pandemic started. And all of the money has been paid by our government to, um, to those people. 
In your country, it's not quite the same. You've borrowed $6 trillion so far. You've paid your own people an average of $3,000, but you've, av av you've averaged $30,000 per person borrowing. There are a lot of thieves in your country, folks. Desperate thieves, actually. And I think that truth is really going to come out and show. And in the European Union, you know, I love to talk about the federal European Union, like your federal government. They've borrowed, they're about to borrow five, uh, uh, five trillion euros, not 1.9, as, as well as the money they've already, right. already borrowed. And again, the Europeans have only been paid the equivalent of about 8,000 euros. And the other 32,000 has gone to the politicians. Mm -hmm. yeah. now, I, and that I is think, the big story. That's going to be yeah. the big story. And I, Jay, I, I can you're see right. you're... No, 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 no. Jay Truett, you're going to have to wait until we talk about certified Piedmontese okay. because we are at that point in time when I can see Jay's going to launch into a dissertation that I won't want to interrupt. So... Here we are, certified Piedmontese creating opportunities to get paid without getting a government check. How about we have farmers getting paid the proper amount of the consumer's food dollar based upon the quality of beef that is produced? Piedmontese cattle may originate from Italy. They happen to have two copies of the myostatin gene. That means, this is a long story, very shortened, that the beef is more tender. The consumer is willing to pay something that is paid for something that is consistent, and you consistently get paid a premium. Full details about how you can be involved in this system at LoneCreekCalico.com. Marlon Will is the bloke that you want to talk to. We'll be back with the second half of Roll Route and Jay Truett's dissertation on payments and subsidies after this. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Luce, along with Andrew Henderson, who acts like it's his first day of being on the actual radio program. Jay Truett, he's a veteran. And I don't know Anna Vox, uh, but we'll find her. All right. So, so Jay, this, these numbers are staggering. He's been in the Army as well. What? What is this man's incredible? He's a veteran? Did you say he was a veteran? Jay? Yeah. Yeah, Jay's a veteran. Well, yeah, I'm a veteran. Well, well, well. What were you in? The Gurkhas? The United States Air Force. I served in, uh, uh, I was stationed in England at one point. Sorry, I have heard you mention that right about the times. I do apologize. Carry on. Yeah. No, so, I I mean, well, I think, again, light of day, transparency over time, it, it, it we're not going to be able to avoid it. The European Union is is doing everything that they can just to make the United States look like uh, uh, penny pinchers, right? Um, because they've, they, they've got to, quote, unquote, show value. And the only way government can show value um, for what their actions are is to, is to redistribute something, right, and think that they're, they're doing something. And to the point that you make, Andrew, uh, which is the point that we were trying to make, you know, here about two or three weeks ago when we first started talking about, or two or three months ago, really, when we started talking about the um, this latest package in the United States um, and the package before it and half the package before that. In all in all fairness, this is not just something that is a Democrat-led initiative. No, it's no, it's the bump. Game. Yeah. And if you look where most of that money actually goes, 
the redistribution that everyone likes to talk about, right? And that President, uh, former President Obama used to brag about that, yeah, we do need to redistribute some of the wealth in this country. What's wrong with that? Who are they distributing it to? And it's, and, and honestly, it's state governments end up getting the biggest bulk of it. They buy Dominion um, machines and, with it, don't they? They buy Dominion machines. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're actually bribing governors and, and mayors of major cities all across America um, mm-hmm. to, you know, do it our way. And, and, and somehow or another, it's like uh, uh, they act like abused spouses, I think. And um, somehow or another, they're convinced that they love them, um, even though the, the, the pain in their life really comes from the feds. And so... You know, until we break that cycle, until 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 a few well, states just decide to stand up and just say no, right? Uh, it's the only it's the only way that that you really fix that problem. And so, Jay, I have had this conversation with my governor because he t- he tells me he says it's just an obese amount of money that the state gets. But here's the position he's in because he initially said we don't want it, send it back. Then you know what they do with it. They redistribute it to other states. So either you yeah. take it or they give it to your neighboring state. So it puts all of these states and people in. A, and I have so many friends who say, well, this money's available and I really don't want to take it. But if I don't take it, they're going to give it to somebody else. How do you that, break that cycle? Same as the European Union. That's exactly the same as the European Union. And exactly. It, exactly. And you know what's same. really funny? What's really funny about this is. That this is why I'm going through a learning process here because, and I think America's waking up faster than Europe and faster than the UK because I, I'm now listening to a lot of radio programs from the US because I like to keep in touch with what you're doing. And I've realized that all of a sudden, the eureka moment that I think is happening in the US and people on the right of this column where I can see people making comments is that actually the way to do this is to be, start to politically engage, like Trent says, locally. And, and he, to be fair, he's been on that for a while. But in the UK, our local government, yeah, I, nobody I, votes again, in. I, nobody votes in them here. Yeah. But now... I think it has to happen at all levels, though, right? Yeah, but it's the start. Because if people engage locally, then they get promoted through. You'll end up with... You won't end up with the swamp that you've got now in both both the European Union and, and in the UK. And the, the, so the point, the, the, the real point I think that it's important to get to is that in each one of these discussions, is there something productive that can come from um, some of these schemes? Sure. Um, start on the carbon footprint thing. Uh, if, if, you were, if you're involved in agriculture, I read a study the other day that was done on a bunch of cattle in England, right, mm-hmm. Andrew? Yeah. Um, talking about how they could actually reduce their carbon footprint and what are the things that they could do. Well, out of, the, many out, of, out of the entire list of things, when you start ticking off through the things that they could do, about 80% of the things that you can do are actually just good management practices, right? And making some adjustments uh, in, your, in your management practices that essentially you can eliminate maybe uh, uh, by, the, by the expert's perspective, you can eliminate a significant amount of the carbon footprint in a cattle operation just by calving calving heifers as early as you possibly can, right, responsibly, uh, not allowing dry cows to stay around that don't have a calf uh, somewhere near them, 
cutting your breeding season to a shorter time period, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Improving, and, improving the production from your land, the grass yeah, production from your land by yeah, not, better uh, irrigation. Really looking at true efficiencies inside the animal. Okay, so there's a positive aspect to the discussion. Well, and and you know the uh, the same the same can be we can go through the same thing and find that in a in in Frank Rash's cropping operation that we can in his pork operation, right? Uh, you, you can find those little those little efficiencies, and then if you add them all up, they do a really good job. All of that is actually a productive part of the conversation. What's not a productive part of the conversation is to think for a second. I mean, and no offense to them, I have a lot of friends that work over at USDA, but there's no way anybody in that building is qualified to tell Frank Rash, and I hate to beat up on him, or Ed he's, he's good on the other, the other side of this, <laughs> that they can run their business better or more efficiently than yeah. what those guys can. You sounded it's like Trent, Jay. I mean, sounded like Trent. Yeah. He's taking the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, so, it's absurd. Right. So I I hope everybody's paying attention to this because Andrew, Ooh, I po- okay, teacher, come on, we're paying attention because it's, it's no, I, I what I'm saying is that so many times people think, well, I'm not farming, so it doesn't matter to me. It does matter to you. Yes. It, it's beyond just what the farmer deals with. It, it's the consumer. It's at every level the supplier. This is from your UK press today, Andrew, talking and, and poultry right now is getting beat up. In the UK, like you can't believe. And so somebody's taking a look at where the emissions actually come from poultry in the UK. And they've determined that 50% of the emissions actually come from all of the supply, transport of fuels, (laughs) the water usage, the application of the manure. They don't actually come from the chicken itself. And so they want to have a negative connotation of taking the chicken litter and reapplying it to the soil. You have to put nitrogen and phosphorus and to increase the the absorption of carbon from the atmosphere on the soil or you don't continue the cycle of life and by doing all of those things you improve the whole system and they they want to just ignore that i, I that's, listen, that's you, the problem uh, you, guys you, yeah. you guys listen the, the, what you're explaining to me is brilliant and i give you both credit for this because just think about this you just you just described very clearly that the agriculture is the solution. Okay, mm-hmm. clearly. And, and what what I want to say to you is that, and I'm going to please take this the right way because I think this is happening. I think that before the pandemic, whether you like Orange Man or not, he proved to your whole country how you can reignite the economy, reignite um, people's incomes, get full employment, and showed up against all the the, the so called experts. He proved them wrong and showed what a wonderful economy you can have. Now, the reason I'm using that as an example is that at the moment, we're talking about all these fears that are put out by big tech, uh, mainstream media, the government, all about climate control and uh, reducing carbon, right? And what you're both describing is what we need to do, which is to say, hang on a minute. Actually, if you look into our backyard, We've got mm-hmm. the solutions and we're proving that we've got the solutions by the way we operate. Now, 
And it's doing exactly what's happening in America. Let's turn the the light round straight to these people in these cities and say, now we're going to shine the light on you. Amazon. (laughs) And eBay. And people who sell... And and then they go. Oh, what do you mean? Well, uh, well look at the- time out, Andrew. You just you're a genius. You just hit it. Let's just start looking at the real carbon impact. I'm a genius. What does it cost to have a one pair of shoes shipped in from Amazon that originated in China? Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. You turn the light right right. and I think that's what's happening in America right as we speak. I believe the the that this is all being set up. The, the Democrats have been set up like you wouldn't believe because. They are going to fail massively with their policies, and it's going to show so clear where they went wrong. And they're already showing it. So the hearing, the hearing that I still want to see is, is for us to start having a conversation about what really drive. Uh, so, so no offense to uh, uh, any of that. I agree with all of that. But I would tell you that I think the, 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 the thing that drives the U.S. economy is productivity. Yes, right? that's been that has been our advantage since almost the very beginning. Yes, uh, we uh, we took technologies from literally from around the world and we took learnings from around the world for about 200 years. And the U.S. would be the first to adopt them in mass scale. Now, we invented a few of those ourselves. Right. Yes. But but a lot of the early technologies especially came from England and from other places in Europe. And 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 since then, we've adopted some technologies on on. Uh, robotics and other systems that came primarily out of South Korea, a few out of China uh, and other places in Asia. And, and we've been able to, to stay ahead of most of the world from a productivity standpoint in, in almost every sector of our society, except for what has become the largest sector. And when is the last time that we saw a bunch of government employees laid off? In the United States, in any state, yeah. Well, and your the federal government, and your latest. So let, but you, you let, let's have that. Your latest bailout gives um, one thousand four hundred dollars to Joe Public on less than seventy grand a year, and twenty one thousand dollars to a federal worker. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. All and right. We're shining a light on the true atrocities of government, building government. If you want to shine a light on the genetics to improve your overall efficiency and accomplish this better environment that we're talking about, look to Neogen because we can increase efficiencies faster through genetic progress than any other means and particularly political means. Neogen doesn't get in the political business. They just give you the information to make better mating decisions. Details about shining a light on your genetic future through a DNA fingerprint at neogen.com. We're back with the last segment of Rural Route right after this. Welcome back to Rural Route. Trent Luce, Jay Truett, Andrew Henderson. End of the final segment. Andrew just during the, the best comment ever. Jay, you're doing great today. Like every other <laughs> week you're on with us, Jay, you suck. <laughs> Are you allowed yeah. to say that on like, radio? I can. Yeah, I can say that. What you're waiting for is for him to say, you know, the first 32 times you were on, it was at best <laughs> mediocre and usually it sucks. <laughs> Jay, you're yeah. lukewarm, buddy. I know. Okay. I think it's because you got a nicer shirt on today. You look yeah. like you're making more sense. I'm feeling really uh, bad now, so wife? I'm going to be I'm going to be quiet for at least twenty twenty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're digging our here, own here. Hole now. <laughs> no. All right, I, you want to come so, back to something. Uh, Are you paying Ed Stratham, by the way, uh, Jay? Because he's starting to sound like one of your fans. Anyway, (laughs) no. Well, what I was gonna what I was gonna say. So, like, we go into the last break, which is about information, you know, that's used in our system, and and um, and how people can make better decisions, et cetera, by evaluating what they're doing in their operation just based on that. I do act, so I think at some point we are going to have to work through this whole carbon footprint thing. I think it's going to be possible for us to come up with carbon, uh, for lack of a better term, carbon EPDs on livestock and animals or some kind of ratio. All of that stuff is all fine, right? Let's just take that and set that discussion aside. Let's apply exactly the same standard to uh, all the other systems that that do really affect us, right? Uh, If you're a chemical engineer, they, make, they do constant testing, reevaluation, and looking for the better product at the better price that, that they can produce cheaper, et cetera. Same thing goes for gasoline and, and even old technologies, but we just don't do that for, for, for what goes on in government. And I think of all the things that we could begin to start asking for, and it's, I, I've always hoped that one of these governors that became a senator or a president uh, would do this, and they don't. Uh, but uh, but but my my number one request is that we would and I kind of and Trump kind of tried, I think, in the beginning to do this and then realized that um, there were bigger fish to fry and he did have to that he had to work on it uh, at some point. But we just lack we lack productivity at the federal level. Right. We should uh, at some point uh, in every industry, when it grows to a point and it experiences productivity, it consolidates a bit, right? People get a little bit bigger because they can do this, the same number of people can, can manage more acres or more animals, et cetera. And that kind of sparks a different conversation in, in agriculture circles. But in, in pure economics, it's just a, it's a guaranteed fact that productivity will drive profitability almost as much as anything else that you can do, any other single factor. And yet, we don't do that in governing. And, <laughs> You're dead, um, dead right. I mean, and it, because we're just not interested in it, right? We act like we're not interested in it at all. And the truth is, we those are the questions that we should be asking when we talk to government. Really? Are these people really more efficient? Uh, why not? Why can't Jay. we make them more efficient? I would even hey, take to give you an example that money now if it would make them more efficient later, right? Rip them all today and pay the unemployment. Give them a golden parachute. Let's get rid of it and we can eliminate the long-term cost. We really surely don't need to do everything that we've always done. Jay, you, you just can't convince me that we that that's true. Jay, I I, I personally believe that um, the next administration in America whenever that is will actually will actually hit that head on i think that's i think that i think that that's got to happen and and i think it's going to happen here in the uk and i'll explain do you know the biggest employer in the uk is could you both of you have an idea what that might be it's something well, you, you have got there's the clue oh well, you, you let us anything it's government not government but it Teaching, is the biggest employer. it's actually the biggest employer in europe actually so that's there's a thought for you. Oh, it's medical. Hey, medical. It's our national health service. And do you know yeah. what? Do you know what's interesting about that as well? 
there are more administrators than doctors and nurses. Yeah. So that's that is the point. And that's the point. And and they're the and it's the administrators who make the decisions. And that's the other that's the other thing that links very well back to what's happening in government. We end we've ended up with a system that elects people that then works with federal employees who who's who maybe some of those have never worked in commercial industry before. So they have no idea what commercial right. uh, challenges are in terms of the numbers. You talked about statistics and productivity and all the things that um, your previous president was an expert in that in that area because he knew what you know profit and loss me meant in terms of right. a successful business. And and I really you can't always use that as a barometer, but certainly <clears throat> if you're not moving forward, you're not you're not going to stay in business. And that's where you have if you look at a country at the moment, we have three countries in Europe, possibly four that are on the brink of bankruptcy. And these are developed countries, Italy, Portugal, uh, Greece and, uh, and uh, Italy, Portugal, Greece and Spain are all precariously. They're, they're in a situation where they could go to 100% of GDP borrowed. Now, history tells us, and I, I, I have looked this up, that no country has ever come back from owing more than 100% of its GDP. They've always had to completely devalue and, and, re, re, and, and have a, recurrence, a new currency and, and basically bankrupt themselves. So yeah. I have so, to weigh in here because my bride is set the stage and then Ed chimed in. Uh, anybody yeah. that knows uh, people who work at the USDA, they know the joke is, what's the name of your farmer? And that's not a joke yeah. because reality is that when Donald Trump was elected president, the United States Department of Agriculture had 114,000 employees. To put that in perspective, Farm Foundation says that there are 125,000 farm families in the United States that produce 80% of the food. So you have roughly the same number of people employed at the USDA. By the way, that number did get down to about 110,000 at one time. Who knows what it is? Now, but when you have that many people in administrative duties over a handful of farmers, you got a problem. Mm. Yeah, I think that's Agreed. right. I think that's the pr problem it, with government worldwide. It is. It, and I, I would suggest that I bet those numbers are fairly equivalent uh, in in almost every segment of of government. And listen, probably it, we don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but. We do have to understand that, listen, in some cases, the baby needs to not be a baby anymore and to grow up and go take fend for itself, take care of itself and move on. Right. There's got to be some aspects of this this process that, that we can move beyond and that the private sector can do better, more efficiently. We all know that. Right. And I, I put things up like uh, conservation initiatives, et cetera. Uh, I put them in that same category, right? And I know that a lot of people enjoy getting getting the checks that come with those programs, and that may have sustained them at some point during the entire um, uh, venture. But the truth is, we can we can find better, faster solutions in the private sector. Uh, and again, back to the European Union example, I think part of the part of the panic 
that is that instigated this um, this uh, mega trillion dollar uh, euro uh, bailout that they're trying to figure out how to how to force into to into their hands is literally the fact that some people in the EU have realized that they've already cut off their nose despite their face and productivity in a bunch of key key industries. Yeah. And they can't and they can't fix it with anything but just throw money at it and pretend like it's not my fault. And and once you get into that mode, to your point, you know, you take Italy, you know, if you subscribe to the right email service, you can get a house for free in a bunch of towns in Italy. Literally, they'll give it to you if you'll just live in it and fix it up free. Yeah. But there's no garbage day there, though, in those yeah. places. I know where you're talking about. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and what, you're, what you're saying is right. It's very. Do you remember what happened in the uh, when you were giving away all the brown, the brown houses in um, Harlem years ago for a dollar? Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, it's the yeah. same theory, isn't it? You can live in it and do yeah. it up. And now they're worth a lot of money. But the, you, what you've just said, I've watched the European Union and their response to vaccinations. I know it's a subject that's splitting everybody at the moment. But it, it, now they've got 27 countries. They've got whatever vaccinations are available. I don't really care. But the interesting thing is it's proved one thing to me, that the more countries you try and put together to make a decision, you don't get a decision. They used to be indecisive. Now they're not so sure. That's how I describe it. It's it's not government at all. They don't. They do not know whether they're on their backsides or their elbows because they have no idea what they're allowed to say and what they're not allowed to say, and where they sit in the hierarchy. They can't make yeah. decisions, and then um, it's coming through so loud and clear. And that's what I'm saying. America's having an anemone. Everybody can see it. Everybody can see that. You know, you've heralded. Name me one thing. You say that the the, um, the Democrats are doing a good job. I watch social media. Can you name me one good thing that's happened since Joe Biden became president that he can shout about? Because if he tries to shout about how many people have had a vaccination, according to him, there wouldn't have been any vaccinations to the end of this year. So we can't even claim that. Well, and the, I mean, their numbers. Uh, I love the fact that they brag about a number that was, is the same as what the, the first day, the last day that Trump was in office. It, we're, we haven't made any progress in that regard. And, and I don't really care whether we do or not. But uh, the truth, because I'm not going to be vaccinated until they uh, 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 hold me down and, and, uh, and make me do it. Right. They got to catch me first. But I uh, with, you know, with that said, I think. Uh, I just think that we got, you know, um, uh, I use the term and I, I know it doesn't always fit, but I think we kind of got punked, right? It just wasn't a funny joke. Uh, and yeah. and it, the and we bought it and, we, and then we all kind of laughed about it and then we kind of accepted it. And then we realized all of a sudden that we weren't really to do what we weren't willing to do what it really took. Um, to get away from that because somebody paid us $1,440 or whatever the number is. Because um, uh, I don't even really know. My Tom, Elms has, Tom Elms has nailed it. Yeah. He's nailed it. He has. And I'm going to nail it right here. 
Great discussion. The summary is that if we truly want to move into a more sustainable future, which we've been doing for the last 200 years, we'll continue to focus on increasing productivity, not increasing bureaucrats telling people how to be productive. That's never the answer. The farmer is the solution. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America for Andrew. Andrew Henderson, Trent Luce. We all three remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route.